Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself, because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid, and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. Before we get started on this episode, I wanted to address the audio quality of this particular episode. We were having some computer issues and some problems with connecting internet through Zoom. So we had to record this over a telephone. The quality isn't quite where it has been, and we're hoping to get back there for the next episode. So just bear with this because it is a very strong message and uh, I think very important as well. So today we're going to talk with one of our birth mothers that has placed uh, two times with our agency. And she has an open adoption with both of the children that she has placed for adoption. She is a wonderful person who is very enthusiastic about sharing her story. So we would like to welcome Tina to our podcast. All right. So Tina, I wanted to bring you on the podcast because you have been a huge advocate um, of adoption and you have an amazing story yourself about, you know, the adoptions that you have done. Can you tell us your story? Like how you found us? I had my son, Michael, 2015. That's when I first met you guys, and I was pregnant with him. And I actually found out about you guys by going through the New York Times on the back of the magazine, your phone number. And how I ended up going through why, because I was homeless on the street. It's a hard part of my life. And I dealt with CPS, and I'd rather not have my baby go in the system. And be part of the baby of my my child's life and doing what's better because I know I'm against abortion, so that wasn't in the question. So the next best thing if I can't take care of my baby is because there's a lot of people out there that can't have kids, that want kids. So the next best thing is the adoption. 
you know, that's how I ended up going to you guys. And the first experience I had with you guys, I loved it. So after that, when I got pregnant again, I knew exactly what I was going to do. Go through you guys again. And that's what I just did last year with baby Shaz, the baby. And I did a, like a FaceTime call with them last night. Uh-huh. And I seen him, he was so happy. His smile, laughing, bouncing, was so, like, right there in, like, the pictures that we took of them together before they left it, where they left to go home. Like the books they made me intending of taking them baby. They make him one also and they go through it every night. From the beginning, they have our picture when they first came down and met me at the nursery and in the book. And they tell me every time that I'm involved, they them, you know. And I think there's nothing better than that. This you know, because it's not the baby the child's fault or choice, you know what I'm saying? So I I can't provide for my baby the next day. I'd rather have somebody who can and give him a chance in life that I can't do because it's not their fault. Right. And I think you, you've made two absolutely amazing choices for your children. And when you see pictures of your babies and you see them thriving and smiling and they're happy, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel good inside. It makes me feel good. You know, that... Because sometimes I'll be having a bad day where I feel like I'm a, you know, I can't do nothing right. I'm a mess up, you know. And then I go and I get the pictures or I see the pictures and it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like, realize that I'm not a mess up. That I have, I am a good person, you know. You are a good person, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. And so when, what do you think about your adoptions, the stories behind them? What do you think that other people can learn from you? Like when when they're considering adoption and they're worried about if it's going to be hard or if they're going to struggle, it's going to be like hard. What advice it, it, it's be hard, but don't give up, you know, don't, don't be, you have to, it's a selfless act that you have to do. You can't think about your feelings or anything. You got to take, take in mind in consideration the baby's life. What are you going to go through? Your baby's going to go through. And it's a selfless act. I've done it twice, and not only that, but I'd rather have my a baby, you know, because if we abortion, who knows if that baby's going to be the next president or the next Eugene, you know, or what's going on. We never know. It's not, like I said, it's not the baby's fault. So we have to be taking into consideration that they are, once we get pregnant, they're a baby, they have a life. And they deserve a chance because what if our parents didn't give us a chance, but they gave us that chance. So they deserve to have a chance in life. And, you know, and I have to go through the system and be able to have a family that loves them. And there's plenty out there. And I know that and like, after I have my baby, I'm still trying to for as many people as I can to you guys because it's a wonderful act of goodness, you know. And... Some people can't have kids, and it's not their fault either. So why not mess them with the baby and they can be a parent? Definitely. And I think that, you know, that we appreciate that you're such a strong advocate for adoption. And your story is really, really valuable. Now, you have an open adoption, correct? I have two open adoptions. 
Tell me, tell our listeners what that looks like. It's wonderful because I, I'm still, I get to see pictures of my baby. I get pictures every other month from, you know, the adoption, the adoptive family sending me um, a package for you guys from the adoption that I just had last, last year. And um, it's wonderful. I love it, you know, because uh, it's like, they're just helping me take care of my baby, you know. Say like if I'm out on, like, you know, family or I'm military, it's like if I'm like a military, you know, but I still get to see my baby. I'll get to be part of his life. It's wonderful. It's great. Are you in frequent communication with them? Yes, I am. And so did yes, you develop a relationship with them prior to delivering the baby? Yes, I did. They came down from where they're from, came down and visited me, took nothing, we took the kids, you know, and we stayed in contact at the beginning through you guys, through our, you know, relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. So before I had the baby, our relationship was through you guys, through right. our... And then afterwards, through childhood. And then afterwards, it's through childhood, and it's still through you guys. Right. Uh-huh. Like I said, I get a package every other month, you know, like on the holidays. Pictures of the baby, like picture baby book of him, and and like I said, I had a video, like a call with them yesterday, and it was wonderful. And I'm looking forward to when I get to go see him, like to go visit him. Right, absolutely. And did and when you were going through your first and your second adoption, where. Were there any moments that you, you know, were having a difficult time or thinking, you know, this is going to be really hard. I'm going to struggle when I did when I do this. And then if so, how did you get through those moments? Actually, the first time when I went to my adoption, I was like dating. I, I talked to you a couple of times where I wanted to do it, but then I was having second thoughts of doing it. I don't want to do it, you know? Uh-huh. And so... It was kind of hard after, like, doing it. But after I had the baby, um, it was, like, the first time I did it, and I didn't have no problem. It was that hard. It was, like, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. A lot easier, you know, and one thing, like, like, after I had the baby, and they asked me if I wanted to hold them, and it sounds so, like me and your messed up, but, but I didn't hold the baby or anything. You know, I didn't get that connection or bond with them. So I think that helped, maybe not so hard, but the second one, I thought it was going to be the first one, but it was a lot harder for me. It was more difficult. I had more emotions with it. it now, you know, did you hold the second one or did you not hold the second no, one? No, not. I didn't hold him right after I had him, but I held him when they went, when he got released from the hospital and we did our goodbye visit. Gotcha. That was when I first held him and, you know, had an intercourse with him. Because for some reason, I had a connection with the adoptive family, and I knew it wasn't going to be the last time I seen her. Absolutely. And so some some women who do adoptions, they choose to to have, you know, the baby in with them, and, and some women choose not to. And it's, it's totally up to each and every person to make the decision that is best for them. And so knowing yeah. the decision that was best for you and, and that worked for you is... Um, how did you know that that was going to be the right choice to not hold the baby right afterwards? Because I like, yes, when we were pregnant, we have a connection with the baby regardless. But 
after I had him, I knew if I didn't hold him or anything, there would not be no even more significant attachment or bond. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It really does. Did you get support from your friends and family during your adoption journey? Um, yes, I did. Like, not for my family, because I don't talk to my family, but my friends, they told me um, that that's a selfish act. You know, I'm doing something very wonderful, beautiful, you know, and they support me all the way through it, and they still support me to this day. I I do. I agree with them. I think you did do a wonderful thing. Ron, do you have any questions for Tina? No, I just want to say, I want to kind of reiterate what you said, Kelly. I just really appreciate her um, supporting people, you know, proceeding with adoption and kind of showing them that there is another option out there. And I just want to let you know that I appreciate you and we just wish the best for you. Thank you very much. And I know that I got to see you briefly yesterday uh, in the office, and and I just, I enjoy seeing you, Tina. I think you're an amazing person, and I think you're really a light for a lot of people. So thank you so much for joining us. And Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'll keep in touch. Thank you. Ron, I'm so grateful that we were able to have Tina today on our podcast. I brings a light and deeper understanding to adoption, especially for women who are either considering adoption or are in the process of their own adoption journey. I think Tina brings clarity and she's able to speak to to women who are walking behind her in her adopt, in their adoption journey. And I, I've been told by birth mothers um, multiple times in the past that the only person or persons that can truly understand where they are are people that have placed a baby for adoption. And so hearing from Tina, I think, is really going to be a breath of fresh air. And as I said before, shine a light on an area where somebody may be experiencing darkness. So I'm so grateful that we were able to have her on the podcast today. As I had said at the top of the show, I really want to apologize for the sound quality today, and we're hopefully going to have all of our issues straightened out and worked out for the next episode. And thank you so much for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>